Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt Free Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur. And if you just heard a beeping behind me, that was my air fryer going off because this is real life. And we talk about real life and real money and how to manage your money in a way that holistically aligns with your life. Life does not always fit inside of a cash envelope. And we need to have realistic conversations about real people trying to manage money while living in an imperfect world. Today, I am talking to Alyssa at yourunbusylife.com. She also has a podcast, and it was such a great conversation. Alyssa is an introverted mom, so very much the opposite of me, but that is okay because we have so much that we can learn from each other, including how to unbusy our life, unpack our schedule, and make room in our life and in our budgets for things that matter. So let's go. So today we have Alyssa from Becoming Unbusy. Alyssa, why don't you introduce yourself to us? I'm Alyssa and I'm mom to five kids and I like helping introverted mothers get their space and their sanity back by decluttering both your house and your schedule. That way you can enjoy life way more than the current rat race. I love that. Decluttering your life and your schedule. I know that for me personally, well, first of all, I'm not an introvert, but I feel like I can still benefit from this, but I wear busyness as a badge of honor. Like I somehow have to earn rest through productivity. So it's nice when someone affirms, no, you're, you're allowed to slow down and enjoy your home and your kids and everything else. So what got you into wanting to help moms? These are just things I had fun doing in my own life. And then I noticed that any mom I talked to, if you asked how she was doing, she usually said, oh, I'm so busy. And there was no hope for life getting better. It was just maybe when the kids are in school, but then they'll have a ton of extracurriculars to go to. And what about when they're older and they can fend for themselves? Oh, but they're teenagers and everyone knows what teenagers are. And so any sort of nice, enjoyable life kind of got pushed to, well, when they're out of the house in an empty nester, well, do you really want to wait 15, 20, however many years? you know, to finally slow down. We were told this is a season in motherhood, you know, just, just get through it for a little while. Well, not if the season's 20 years. No, thank you. Right. One of the things that you talk about is minimalism and how it can help us kind of free up our time. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I like applying minimalism to your calendar. So that means obviously you're going to keep certain activities that you have to go you have to get groceries, you know, you have to gas up the car. But what about random church groups or volunteering or taking the kids to parks and play dates that you don't have to go to? Are you excited to do them or are they a real drag on your schedule? You start looking at your calendar items, you know, pretend they're physical objects. You can do that spark joy test, you know, that Kunmari does with those and say, do I want to do this or would I feel a huge relief if I deleted it, you know, said I'm not doing this anymore? told them I'm backing up. I heard Emily Freeman, the host of the Next Right Thing podcast, say one time that sometimes we look at things as a great opportunity or it's framed as a great opportunity, but a great opportunity for what? And if it's to be exhausted, to be overwhelmed, to be stressed, then it's probably not a great opportunity. How do you apply minimalism to personal finance? To me, they have a couple things in common, which are really interesting. 
Number one, they both require a lot of upfront intentionalism. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I want to be a minimalist. Everybody's idea of what minimalism means to them is different. Just like you can't say, oh, I want to, you know, financial freedom. Well, but what does that mean to you? Does it mean paying off a ton of debt? Does it mean a certain amount in your retirement account or in a savings account? Our idea of that end goal, each person needs to define that for themselves. What did that look like for you personally? I enjoy numbers and I enjoy setting goals. So <laughs> that went together pretty well. And then I used the minimalism to say, okay, what are the top things we want to have in our budgets? We don't feel like we're living on beans and rice in the yes. negative stereotypes. Yes. Full disclosure, I like beans and rice, but you know. <laughs> so we sat there and said, okay, you know, we really want to be able to buy our own coffee beans to grind coffee at home, but we'll skip going out and getting Starbucks together. We made these little switches. You know, we didn't say no special coffee, period. But we found a cheaper thing. Um, then we looked at, you know, for example, date nights and said, well, what's the real point? Is it time together without the kids? Okay. Um, with a treat. All right. So does that mean we can rent a movie instead of going out to a movie and dealing with babysitters and all that? Does that mean that same special cup of coffee at home, you know, with kids in bed or something like that? That was similar to going out to Starbucks as long as they're in home and, you know, don't disturb mommy, daddy. So we found these lower cost ways that didn't just say, okay, no dates until you, you know, pay off your house. You know, that would be really tough. Right. That this weekend was my husband's birthday and my mother-in-law was going to come and get the kids, but then she got exposed to COVID because that's the era that we live in. And I decided to go to the Red Box and rent a movie and get him some ice cream. And it to me was very reminiscent of our days when we were paying off our debt and we did those things. We made those swaps. We lived off of a very slim budget so that we could get out of debt as quickly as possible. And while our financial walk is going to look vastly different from someone else's, I, I look back on that with like fondness and, you know, a, a haze of fondness and so it was something very nostalgic about getting that red box DVD and getting that pint of ice cream and like snuggling in to watch a movie after the kids went to bed. And I found it, in honesty, less stressful than trying to go out and be around a bunch of people and yes. trying to, you know, get a schedule set for a sitter. So I love that you really encouraged yourself and other people to prioritize what matters, but find a different way to do it. So what are Not some things that you do prioritize as a family? Um, we do go on camping, hiking trips. But beyond that, we kind of prioritize um, charitable giving and staying home. <laughs> yeah, I prioritize staying home. I love yeah. staying at home. That whole like go big or go home. You don't understand. I don't want to put on pants and leave my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... But you have a yard that gives you your outside time. You know, isn't your home supposed to be this great place? <laughs> Why would I want to leave? Where do your where does your family like to hike? Rocky Mountains. Oh, is that where you are? Where you're located? No, we have to drive, you know, a couple of days to get there. We <laughs> <laughs> visited the Rockies over the summer and it is so beautiful. So much, I don't know, more beautiful than this very flat area that we live in. Yes. So, so if I were an, uh, a mom trying to practice minimalism in my finances and I was completely overwhelmed, what was the first thing that you would recommend I do? 
Probably first go through your budget categories and just make a note, like a star if it's on paper or maybe you know, have a little note paper to write down which ones are the ones that are stressing you out. The overwhelm is probably not coming from all of them and it's not coming 100% from them. You might not like your grocery budget, but you know you need it. You're just not comfortable with the total amount. So get actually a precise list of what's bothering you because just saying, ugh, the money is, I can't take it anymore. We can't do something to solve that general problem. We can do something to say, I don't like spending this much. I would like better to have 200 less in my grocery budget a month. Or, boy, I've got six different things under fun miscellaneous. Do I really need all six, you know, subscriptions there? And saying, well, what would you feel like sounds better? two or three, you know, one for me, one for the kids, one for the family as a whole. That sounds more reasonable. You can, you can brainstorm, but you have to know exactly what's bothering you first. Exactly. So one of the things when you talk about cleaning up that schedule and treating it kind of like it's a physical object, I personally have no problem telling people no. Um, but I know that there are some people who do, and lots of people who do, and lots of my listeners who do. So if you are uncomfortable telling people no when they ask you to volunteer or to be a part of something, what advice do you have for someone in that position? Well, there's always the good old stalling tactic. Can you give me some time to think about it, or I need time to think about it, or let me go discuss with my husband, or I'm not sure if it'll work with my family situation right now, but I'll get back to you. So kind of hinting maybe at the no. Um, honestly, yes, I have no problem saying no. I also like to just not get involved in things to begin with. Yeah. So it's almost like an automatic, def my default will be no. And I just say, we need more time at home right now or things are already crazy with you know X number of kids that were already out X times a week. So I don't think I will be able to add something beyond that. But you know, if time opens up, I will certainly let you know that I'll come to your activity or be part of your group. That is great. My mom gave me a tip one time. She said that during a particularly busy season, my dad had said to her, please do not commit to anything else. Don't commit me. Don't commit you. Don't commit the kids. And so whenever anyone would ask, she would say, oh, I have a prior commitment but what she wasn't telling them was that prior commitment was the commitment that she made to my dad not to sign up for anything else. And I love that. So oh, that's great. My commitment is to not make a commitment. Can we talk about how decluttering impacts our personal finance? How do you feel like it impacts personal finance? For me, I saw a big difference because decluttering, you're going through and seeing all the stuff you didn't need to buy, the results of, you know, the bad financial decisions in a way. And you're getting all that stuff out, you're donating things, and you're also seeing maybe how much money you wasted. Mm -hmm. You kind of can't help but notice, You've, whether it was thrifted or bought at full price, it's still, it was still money and time and effort expended. So in your finances, it's really easy to then say, oh, wait, I was thinking of buying that on Amazon. I just cleaned out an entire closet full of might be nice stuff that I got on Amazon. Maybe I should rethink this. Let it sit in the cart for three days. Delete half of the cart items because I'm going to return almost everything. You just start getting those little tactics of saying, I don't have a good track record here yet. So, you know, all those other times I thought for sure I'd like it and I didn't. What makes this time different? You know, put on the brakes. I love that. And that's the advice that I give people who 
can't seem to control that online impulse spending is don't, don't even put it in your cart. Instead, pull out the notes app on your phone and put in there how much that item costs. And at the end of the week, total up everything that you didn't buy. And you have a visual picture of how you saved yourself money. I like one, that. Thing, one thing that I did was I realized I had too many clothes and I wasn't wearing them. And, and I didn't know what my personal style was. Um, and pajamas, I guess, are not a socially acceptable <laughs> personal style. So I made a commitment that for 12 months, I was not going to buy anything. I did give myself some like rules, like you can buy a new bathing suit. If an item that you wear all the time tears up, you can replace it. But it was so eye-opening to realize when I shopped impulsively or emotionally. And then also it made me want to use what was already in my closet. So I feel like that's when we commit to declutter or to not spend. It does have a huge impact on us both financially, but also there's there's a little a little psychology there. Yeah, same here, because my clothing spending was a big area. It's like, oh, oh, get the budget in check. Need to cut down on that. You and your family are out of debt. One of the things that I dealt with when we got out of debt was, okay, now what? What's the next goal? What do we need to focus on? Um, what tips do you have for someone who has gotten out of debt and looking for that, quote, next step? Well, first of all, congratulations to you when you do get out of debt, because that is a huge accomplishment, not just the, you know, paid off the student loan or the car loan, but fully, completely, everything out of debt. A lot of people never seem to get there. Second, is there something you've always wanted to do, someplace you've always wanted to go or see? What is that kind of dream life hobby you always told yourself? Well, when we have money, then I can. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) now is your then. Um, So after you have whatever, you know, emergency savings question you're comfortable with, what have you always wanted to do with your family or just for yourself? And how much money would that take? Is that a one-time thing? Is that a recurring monthly expenditure? Something you want to plan for annually? Just start planning it out. You're allowed to have goals for fun spending too. The money has previously always been all about the kind of the bad spending, you know, getting rid of the debt. But now you can save for good things. Exactly. I I love that. Um, And your good thing may look completely different than somebody else's. There's not a moral value placed on that. Um, But it's okay to daydream outside of, or I guess what I'm trying to say is, for me, daydreaming is a motivation and thinking of what we're going to do with this money after we're debt free. Now go do it. You can, yes. you can stop daydreaming and start planning because planning is even more fun. It's not so black and white as either you're saving money or you're paying off debt. You, know? you get to actually put little feet to it. So Alyssa, where can we find you? Yourunbusylife.com. Put up a new podcast every Tuesday. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I know so many people are going to benefit from this. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise. You're so welcome, Lydia. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I appreciate this time that we spend together and would love to connect with you. You can find me online at frugaldebtfreelife.com 
or on Instagram or YouTube as Lydia Sin. And I would love it if you would leave a review wherever it is you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever. Just swipe over the artwork, leave a review. That's how people find the show and we can continue to spread this message. Thank you so much for talking to me and I'll see you soon.